Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast, because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So grab your life vest and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time, and hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, The Surf Continuum. This looks nice being out there, doesn't it? Just like sitting out there. Yeah, it's such a pretty yeah. day. That's what I was saying to my friends the other day, they were like, I used like the people I know in the city that don't surf, you know, and they're like, what was a good surf? I was like, yeah, it wasn't that good, but it was beautiful just sitting in the water. Yeah, you know? yeah. I was like, I think that's the thing that, you know, like one of the most alluring aspects of surfing is that even when you're not actively riding a wave, you're enjoying your time. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're participating in the sport and just being in the, in the elements. I imagine it's very similar to what skiers and, and snowboarders feel, you know? And yeah. People who really get involved with the, you know, the nature of, of their sport. It's the, uh, it's the serenity. <laughs> well, uh, let's, I mean, let's get right into it. So I, I just wanted to like, I always like to try to introduce where we are or what we're doing. Cause I, you know, it's funny. I listen back to some of the old episodes and I'm like, oh wow. I didn't say anything about how beautiful that day was or right, where we were right. sitting. We were in this most beautiful location and I'm taking it for granted. Like, like you can see where we are, you yeah, know, yeah. but really all you just hear. So those waves you hear in the background are these beautiful east swell hitting one of my favorite spots in Montauk that will remain nameless. <laughs> uh, you got to protect what's sacred, so yeah. no offense everyone just, out there. Just but if go you know, for a walk. Yeah, yeah, just go for a walk. That's that's the voice of Tim Duffy, a uh, surfer I've been just seen in the water for a bunch of, bunch of years. Always liked your style, dude. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I like yours, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I, what I like especially is is you have a good power and a good, um, like a good a good finesse about how you do something. You ever see someone surf like really powerfully, but it doesn't look powerful? Right. Like right. they're not trying to be powerful, but just they're doing things with such good technique and such good form that right. it, it just can't be done softly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's, I guess it's important. It's. Uh, the main thing you look at the, the surfers that you admire are always the ones that make things look effortless or mm. a little bit, but then there's power in there, you know. Right, right. And obviously, yeah, I grew up with guys a lot better than me, so I got to I got to be very humble because I, you know, had to sit there and watch Taj Burrow surfing around with my one of my local lived in my neighborhood. You know? Oh wow! And uh, Dave McCauley, he was number two in the world in the eighties. Wow. He went. He was like, but I'm still one of my closest friends, and um, you know, the Aussie champion Rick Jakovic, who's a filmmaker as well uh, made montage and sabotage oh no and way yeah, yeah he, montage that was back when no, i was, was a grom. No, this is back in australia in western australia yeah, yeah but yeah. i i remember montage yeah yeah montage was and so those guys were guys i grew up with and uh, and they're super humble guys and they're like three levels above me <laughs> yeah those so, guys yeah, yeah i mean they're the top yeah you know yeah but so. it's it's not it's it's a good point to bring up you know like surfing with people who are better than you is a great thing because it really well, you said it, number one, humbles you, but number two, like, pushes you, you know, yeah. and it really shows you what can be done on a section of a wave, and yeah. the way you see a section is so different than the way those guys yeah. see a section. Yeah, little bits of advice, too, I know you run a surf school, 
and it's like little something little piece of advice someone will give you who's like really good you know like I've still got little words in my head from those guys I'll oh, just say one or two things share yeah, share yeah. what's a what's a good one what's a nugget uh, well like a nugget is like um, I remember once sitting with Rick out in the water and um, and he was saying like oh um, you know we we're positioning and it was a pretty he- diffy, difficult day to position he's like oh, it's always better to position yourself slightly in and deeper he said because it's, you can always paddle out quicker than you can paddle in. Mm. So he's always like sit a little deeper and a little further if you can. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, be just on the edge of uncomfortable. Yeah. And then you know you're in the right spot. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's always like that. It's always the wave you think you're too deep on or yeah. too inside that turns yeah. out to be the wave of the day. Exactly. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Um, and that's always a tricky one to, to, to teach because... That also means you're playing a game, you know, like this yeah. cat and a mouse. Like you're, you got to keep your ears and eyes perked and, and looking for sets because, you know, if, a, if just a marginally bigger one comes in, you now you're scratching to get yeah. out of the way. We used to call we had a nickname for it. It's called insider trading. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So it's it's almost it's I love the play of words, but it's similar to what I always say to my clients is is you know play the inside game. Yeah. But yeah. I love insider trading. That's awesome. <laughs> That's such a good little line. I'm totally gonna use that. Insider trading. And yeah. that's that's one of my go-to strategies. Yeah. I yeah. love insider trading. Yeah. And yeah. of course you also have to spend time then getting caught inside, getting right. beat up, which I think is a natural part of the, the the game you know like you should be caught on the inside you yes. should be getting washed in right you know even my dad surfed and he he didn't like it when leashes came in because he was like oh that takes a, a part of the game away oh you know wow, because yeah. he's like then it evens it up and then sometimes you'll be out the back on your own and you'll even if it's crowded you'll have a wave for yourself right you know? everybody's swimming yeah, for their boards and, and you're the one that made it through le- yeah so the leash yeah. uh, kind of took away one of the um it even the playing the, field the play bit. yeah it just sort of evened it yeah so that's that's really interesting yeah and i totally believe in that like being caught on the inside getting stuck and struggling is part of the game like you're not paddling out to not get hit by waves yeah yeah. you know you're paddling out to get involved with the ocean and and embrace it but also i feel like you see the lineup differently when you're always on the inside yeah as opposed to the outside and i i mean i've noticed this years ago this is actually something i i always talk about things that i just recently noticed you know i try to keep it fresh and like keep educating myself as well as everybody else that wants to listen but one thing that I've known for a long time is that when you're sitting out the back and the conditions are changing right underneath you you know the tides coming in or going out wind might be switching and it's hard for you to keep track of how that's affecting the actual surf yeah when you're on the outside when you're on the inside and you're you're fighting to get out or you're caught again or you're watching other people surf because you're paddling back out all of that stuff is like going into the the database into the the, the computer, yeah. you know, and like yeah. reading the conditions, reading the conditions, because it's not something you do from the beach once and then go in and surf. Yeah. It's like an, it's a constant process. It's constantly like reevaluating the lineup. So yeah. it just made me think of that when you said like yeah, you yeah. should be caught inside. It's yeah. so true. You really should be, you know. And I, that's why I always, like if I surf a point break, I always, always paddle from the very bottom of the point. Yeah. So that I can paddle all the way up the yeah. point. And not just paddle all the way up right away, but to work my way up. Yeah. You know, and start at the inside, start at the bottom, and little by little, like scope out the crowd, starting from the, the bottom feeders, yeah. and then work my way to the top. And, and then you really get a chance to figure out where you fit in yeah, the Yeah, absolutely. You know, like who's my crew? Where do I belong? Yeah, yeah. And you also, um, when, you, when you're on the inside, and you're taking waves too. It's like you shouldn't take waves the only waves you know you're going to make. Mm. You know, always take a few in every session where you, you, you're sure, you're pretty sure you're not going to make it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take a beating 
you know what I mean? And, right. and, then, and then go, okay, that's the limit, righto, so let's come yeah, back yeah, from yeah. that a little bit, you know. <laughs> we'll just dial it back yeah, a little yeah, notch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't taken a couple of wipeouts, or at least a few in a session, you really haven't, yeah, haven't you're, been you're trying. Too safe, yeah, yeah, way too, too safe. safe yeah. But you know what else too, going back to where you just surprise yourself sometimes, and, and that can be the end up being the wave of your day. Yep. You know, yep. And you're just Usually like, wow, is. I wasn't going to make that, I thought for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. So the ones that you don't think you're going to make are the best ones. Yep. <laughs> Go for it. you got to charge. There's some, there's some metaphor for life in there, but I'm not sure what it, it is. It totally yeah. is. You know, it's funny. I try to re- refrain from saying that because I yeah. caught myself saying it a lot at one point one of my summers. Like, yeah. oh, it's like a metaphor for life. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're getting yeah. stuck on the inside, but the, those who persevere get the reward. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I, I'm doing this whole life coaching thing a little too much now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you just, you just stop right there and leave it with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good one. That's, That's the end of the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> or life coaching, anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, Tim, tell me about how you learned how to surf, because you grew up in Australia, right, on yep. the West Coast. And yep. what, what was that like growing up there? When, I mean, take us through it all. How old were uh, you? And it was good, yeah. I'm 54. I just turned 54 last uh, couple of weeks ago, oh, oh, last man. week. And you still can crouch and get so compressed. Good yeah, you, yeah. So many people complain about not being able to yeah. do that. It's so vital. Well, flexibility. I, I mean, um, I do yoga now every day. Every morning, I get up about five, five thirty, and do yoga for like an hour, and uh, and then that just keeps, you know, like flexibility is the main thing, you know, mm-hmm. aerobic fitness, of course, and um, you know, keeping fit. But but I think if you're just doing weights and running and whatever, and you're not doing yoga or stretching a lot, I, I so I used to think stretching, but I think no, it's yoga. Yoga's mm-hmm. the deal, you know, as, as certainly as you get older. Um, it took me a long time to get into it, but um, once I did, I'm like I'm fully committed. But uh, yeah, I started in West Oz. Um, you know, way back, I mean, I was, um, what, in the 70s, I guess, when I started. My dad was a surfer. He was one of the first surfers in Western Australia. Uh-huh. It was a really keen, you know, obviously started on the longboards, but he transitioned to shortboards. Oh, wow. Surfed in Hawaii, went to Hawaii a couple of times and did, you know, pretty well there. And um, so we grew up just driving around in our old four-wheel drive, you know, SUV, down tracks, uh, on, on boats. And pretty much the, the crew, there was a few crowded spots, but pretty much it was wide open, you know. So if you got in a car every, uh, you know, an SUV or a full drive every weekend, you could, or a boat, you could surf on your own, you know. So the big thing there was, was you know, obviously sharks and stuff like that. And then the weather conditions there where you get a lot of swell, like it's not like here where there's swells, you know, there's always kind of swell pretty much. Mm. But the, the difficult thing is it's really windy. And I always say that to people, they're like, really? And I'm like, dude, it's like, it blows like really hard nearly every day. Wow. You know, so you, you're up early, like I was saying to you before, is you're up at 4.30. Right, out of you necessity. Know, you just, yeah, and you just, you know, in the end, you didn't even need an alarm. I still don't need an alarm, like, because I was so often having to get up that early. In the end, I was just up. Right, you know, right, right. There's no ceremony. Everyone has to have, there's no, like, waiting for your kid or your whatever. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just hear the truck start, you know, and Dad's just, like, pulling out of the driveway. If you're in, you're in. You've got your water, your food, whatever you need, you know. And then away you go, and then, yeah, just, you know, we'd go off and surf, and, but then it was kind of all over by mid-morning. Wow. Uh, you know, so you were back, like, home, pretty much, or, or back, whatever, eating your lunch. And, and it was o- and it was on shores? Or? Howling on shore, yeah, wow. like, like, I'm talking, like, 20, 30 mile an hour. Holy yeah. cow. Yeah, so almost never, I mean, there's a couple of days a year, or if you've got a big swell and there's some coves, you know, but I'd say nine, 95% of the time you're, you're home and done by... Oh wow! I didn't realize that. Yeah. For so for people who don't realize, like, you know, Australia sits in a very interesting part of the world in the sense that 
the whole Southern Ocean is basically swirling yeah. right towards it, yeah. especially the West Coast. Yeah. You know, the, you guys are taking it full yeah. on. Yeah. And it's not like a place like North America or or like or pretty much most parts of the Atlantic Ocean that there's some sort of landmass all over the place. Yeah. So the the momentum of the ocean is really impeded. Yeah. Whereas in Australia, especially the West Coast, they are getting like open ocean swell that's traveling for thousands of miles and hitting squarely. Yeah. I mean, right on the nose. Yeah. No, it's it's we it's pretty much most of the time because of that you're surfing, you know, um, and then the wind's usually pretty strong either off- offshore or onshore you know mm-hmm. what I mean so because you're on a desert it's a desert leading into it so you just got this straight desert no mountains mm-hmm. and real strong offshore winds as well as onshore there's only an hour or so where the wind lightens off like what what like right today is or most days in Montauk would be considered a super light wind day oh wow back home because like, it's just always so you kind of have to move around the wind more than the swell like the swell's kind of there um, and it, but it ranges from you know as big as it gets like Hawaiian big a lot to medium to small but it really is never flat Wow. If you can go, you can go somewhere and find a head high. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, and and you were saying before about the coves and stuff. Is yeah. there is there not a cove that like takes the onshores nicely, or yeah. is it just too strong a wind anyway? It's, yeah, it's there is a few, um, um, and those tend to be the crowded spots. Oh uh, yeah, you of know course. what I mean. So so you, uh, um, and also you usually need a fair bit of swell for them to get them going. Like mm. so, it's as you know probably as rare or rarer than the coves out here. Mm-hmm. Um, to get those coves working, it's kind of the same as here in that wow. respect. Yeah, so. I consider these coves really rare. Yeah, work. yeah, it's the same there, but the coves are rare and they're great. But then the open ocean spots are where you surf ninety percent of the time. Oh, so yeah. you just have to wake up early. Got to get up early. Got to get into it, and you got to be prepared to surf. You know what we call big junk. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's like big and messy, and you're kind of going, oh man, you know, we should just settle down a bit, you know. And then by the time it, you sort of got a, caught a couple, maybe you get an hour of where it settles a bit. And then, boom, in comes the wind, you know. Wow. So it's that kind of deal. So everyone's like, oh, it's paradise. You're like, well, it, it, it's its own deal. And, of course, it's not for everybody because it's kind of raw. Right. So a lot of people take up, we always say, you know, they, they have career enders. You know, they come out on a day where it's big and they get washed up on the rocks or whatever and it's scary, you know. Yeah, and yeah, then they're sure. done, you know. They're like, I don't want, it's not like, there's no mellow spot for me to learn or, wow. you know. So it's a little rough in that respect. Although these days... The, the skills and the leashes and, and all the, the everybody's gone a little bit better so it is you know kind of crowded now but right um, yeah. but definitely a different breed of surfers coming out of the west coast huh yeah yeah I mean I always admire though I find there's the, the percentage of charging guys from where I came from you think it'd be like a lot more guys but actually the percentages you go to like Hawaii or whatever and surf there and you see guys from Florida like Florida and that and they're charging yeah yeah so it's kind of the same like the percentages we just get more chance to surf it right. more often. You just get but more the guys chance. that really want to charge. Is, but it really just comes down to the man. It's who the wants man. To charge. It's yeah. the man in the wave. I mean, yeah. you know, Kelly Slater's is, you know, ridiculous, and he's from Florida, where it never yeah. gets overhead high. Yeah. Know? And even funnier about him is, I don't know if you ever read his book, The Pipe Dreams. Right. But uh, he talks about how he was so scared of big waves for such a yeah. big part of his life growing yeah. up. And so really, it's mentality. You know, yeah. we actually talked about this in a podcast just recently, how mentality is such a huge part of it. Yeah. You know, we're all built of the same stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And it's really just your mindset that, that yeah. has to, to yeah. be there. And you got to want it. And, um, yeah. you know, definitely you get more chance to test it there. And there are waves there that are absolutely ridiculous that you don't get here. You know, there's the right North Point, places like that. that right, are, right. The Box is oh. the most famous one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but... But, you know, there's only then that small percentage of guys that really want that and consistently want it. Even as you get older, you don't see a lot of old guys out surfing the box or whatever. Those are heavy waves. Yeah, yeah. So, 
you know, so it's, but definitely there's a good, good crew of, um, you know, when I traveled, I was always like, oh, this is smaller. Oh, this is smaller. Like everywhere I went was smaller. Mm. And then I came across obviously Hawaii and, um, uh, a little bit like down in South America, like Chile is pretty big and heavy. I found Chile, like northern Chile. Yeah, same yeah. same situation yeah. though. Southern Ocean, you yeah. know, taking it right on the nose. Yeah, New Zealand obviously gets some big waves and, and Fiji. So, you know, there's places, Tahiti's super scary, you know. Wow, yeah. Um, so, you know, you can find those spots around the world, but, but West Oz definitely has like an abundance of big sort of messy kind of surf. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was fun. You know, we had very few surfers in my dad's era and then there was a huge popularity run in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, and then the and I was sort of mainly sort of learning to surf in the 70s and 80s uh, and then it became like a sport like it was kind of a derelicts thing like yeah, a, you yeah. know it was kind of everyone that was a worldwide that. thing yeah yeah, you know, yeah. It, it, it wasn't like anywhere in the world it was professionally even uh, even like the, the the legends from Hawaii when they first started like yeah they were considered the yeah know, yeah the, the, what's it called uh, I can't think of the word, but just you know the the counterculture, yeah. the under the underground. I, I was lucky because I got a little taste of the era before the derelict era, which is the '70s and into the '80s, where it became more professional. Because my dad was a '50s, '60s surfer, mm-hmm. and that era were the pre anybody even gave a damn era. Right, and hit, they, they were all sort of like what I would call gentleman surfers. They all had you know pretty serious occupations, mm-hmm. uh, and they were kind of like. I don't know, you see the old books about the guys like, you know, Bob Pike and guys like that, you know, right, and they were right. kind of that era of guys who were, you know, dads and all his buddies were serious career guys and just surfing was their, was their sort of pastime, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And they didn't identify themselves in any other way as surfers, they just did it as a, a thing. You know, they were Something obsessed, they were hooked, right. they were into it, but they weren't, it wasn't a big enough thing that it was a lifestyle right. attached to it. Right. If you can imagine that era. (laughs) I know. It's 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 long gone. I missed it. I missed it big time. You know, now it's all competitive and industry. And and I I really believe it's still going through crazy evolutions, you know. Because there was a point where they were just, like, blessing any great surfer with a sponsorship and lots of money. And then, of course, you know, like, that's not sustainable. You can't just give anybody that surfs tons of money. So, you know, all these, like, half pros... And, and even some of the great pros were getting cut out, you know, yeah, and yeah, um, yeah. losing their contracts. So it, it's a very, like, interesting evolution that surfing's going through. And yeah. technically, I, I see it as still in the very beginning of its life, you know. Maybe, yeah. sports. Yeah, no, there's with all the wave pools and stuff like that. But I, I never, I consciously don't ever wish back. I don't ever go, oh, I wish it was like it was before. I, I, oh, I think yeah. that's that. I always think. Why do you, what's, um, I believe that too. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good thing to I, say. Because, it, because it's, it's, you know, you want to be experiencing what's now, you know, mm. and, and what's happening now. And yeah, I always just look at everything that's good now. And if a spot that I surf got crowded, I'm like, fine. And I got to go find another spot. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, or surf in the crowd and accept, you know, less waves. Or you just, I don't, I don't think you should ever wish on a time from before. Um, you know, I totally yeah. am going to take your advice on that. And you're, you're so right, you know, and just, just be where you are. Yeah. And it's even something I would preach, you know, like enjoy where you are now. Uh, you know, don't wish back, don't wish forward. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I love it seeing like the different levels of people. You know, I think someone said it once is that, that the person who's having the most fun is the best surfer. You know, so you can see guys out there who are really good. Like I have friends I grew up with. And they got to a point they surf so many good waves that it's like super grumpy unless it's like perfect, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, and or like six foot or above, you know. So they're kind of like ah all the time, and then they're just over it, they're you know. Super spoiled. Yeah, uh, and then they don't surf. It, it sort of quickly switches off to a deterioration. You d- those days are so few. 
right. um, that they just don't lose it. So I always think it's kind of trying to good to find the fun in every type of conditions because most of the time that's what you're facing is stuff that's less than the best day of the year, you know. Right, that's you know? mostly what we deal yeah. with. Yeah. And it's also what makes it so sweet when it is good. Yeah. You know, like it, it is really a great thing that you can't just flip a switch and have great waves. You can't just drive to the mountain and snow like snowboard down powder no. like you can in snowboarding. You know, you have to be on it. And, yeah. and and even if you're on it, all everything has to line up. Yeah. So when it really actually does and you're on it and everything comes together, that yeah. is a special moment and it would be a shame to have that ruined because you just spend so many days of your life surfing that kind of condition. Yeah, yeah. Well you you probably um, you start to over focus on only the perfect days and you and you get less appreciative of the days which are the in-between right. ones you know which are all just you know fun in themselves and then training for the good days too, right you know? training yeah. it, it, that's yeah. what I like to look at them as you yeah. know and I remember when I was a kid like kind of paddling out on little days and just being like just telling myself like oh that's a 10 footer I gotta I got get out there and like yeah. treating this little one foot wave like it's gonna crush me and paddling hard and just getting all worked up and, and into my session you know and just you know, like, it's a little kid's game. It's like when you're running away from an imaginary monster and you have to, like, get to your computer chair before 10 yeah. seconds or he gets you, you know, yeah, like, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Um, but, yeah, finding that fun and enjoyment in all aspects is really important, you know, yeah. not just because just we said, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not always going to be good. Well, it's the randomness of nature that makes it the fun. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, 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 it's a complete and utter randomness, you know, in sense of you can look at all the conditions, but then you're still going to be out there dealing with, you don't know what mm-hmm. every time and that's fun you know yeah well yeah. said well said so uh, how old were you when you started surfing so uh, I, I imagine pretty young yeah I mean I really can't remember um, I, I remember there's a photo of me on my dad's board paddling in um, you know in the beach, in the shore break when I, when I was I don't know I was probably you know like four or five you know. So you're a truly yeah. lifetime surfer I mean I, I phased in and out in the young years because it was so heavy where I grew up and I even had a really pretty serious, uh, when I was about 10 or 11 and I started to really charge, I went out when it was a little big for me and I, I drowned, like I got washed up. Really? Totally. Can, you, can yeah. you tell that whole story? Um, yeah, I was surfing a place called Margaret River Mouth, which is the, everyone will know that from Margaret River, but it's, you know, where the contest is every year. Uh-huh. There's a beach break on the inside, which is, you know, supposedly for the kids, but it's pretty heavy <laughs> beach break, you know, and that's like the kind of mildest break around there. And it was a pretty big, biggish day and I paddle out um, with my cousins who both kind of never really got into surfing they were just paddling on the inside and so I they was, were less experienced than you yeah they were they stayed way back on the inside and oh, I was okay. I'd been you know in and out of it for years so I was like oh, this is a day where I'm going to charge and I went out and caught a pretty big one came down the face and I hit the bottom and got winded Ooh. knocked all the wind out of me and I spun and, and went under and I went under and I couldn't get up before like I was gasping for air because I was winded you know yeah, yeah. so I blacked out uh, underwater and uh, luckily my dad was on the beach and uh, he uh, he just spotted me he was watching us because he knew it was pretty little dangerous you know so he was kind of where we are from the and I was probably out where those surfers are right now uh-huh. um, and he saw me go under and he's like oh yeah and usually I'd come up you know didn't come up so he hightailed in the water swam out found me on the bottom pulled me up no yeah, way yeah, yeah. found you on the bottom yeah 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 holy shit yeah. I mean he was a gnarly surfer dude you know so, and lifeguard <laughs> that's such yeah. a good story pulled, it, pulled me in and resuscitated me Then and then a nurse was on the beach and she took over and they resuscitated me I was in the hospital for three days holy fuck yeah. I, was, I was 11 I think 10 or 11 and then I what? sort of yeah took a, a year or two off 
after I'll that. Say. Yeah, because it was that transition of like I was like wanting bigger waves, but I'm a, I was a little kid, you know, a little yeah. skinny, 10, 11 year old. And then then I sort of waited, and then I, I had a surfboard or whatever. And then my friends, about 11 or 12, a couple of them, the, the kind of stronger kids, started to get into it with me. Uh, and we, I went back into it with a group of friends. Before that, I just surfed on my own. Right, no, that makes such a big difference. Yeah, yeah. When you got the crew with you, you yeah. know, and I'll, I'll never forget that difference in mentality when yeah. you have to charge on your own versus when you got your, your friends and buddies. And yeah. Sometimes you can look at them and see them about to get crushed and you just feel for them. And sometimes you're the one getting crushed yeah. and they're just skirting over the lip. Yeah. You know, and it, it just, it's a little bit easier yeah. to take one on the head. It's a pack you know mentality, you, yeah. know, you know, hooting and hollering and pushing each other and and then there was kids in that group that were really good ended up being you know really good surfers um and some of the guys of course in any group i was probably on the small medium to smaller side of the kids and there was a couple of our the guys already at 12 and 13 they looked like they were 16 you know right. those guys yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. big hairy dudes you yeah, know yeah yeah already <laughs> and they were already going yeah, yeah you guys are pussies like and charging <laughs> You know, pretty good. Like at 14, 15, they were charging big waves. Wow. So we were always getting pushed by those bigger, older guys, you yeah. know. Um, most of them don't surf anymore, but they back then they were the best guys. What a funny time in life when your group of friends all similar age are kind of are like maturing at different paces, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and a couple of you like just take off and you're like, whoa, how come, how come I'm not a man yeah, yet, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and you got to like somehow make up for it yeah. in your surfing. At least that's how I felt because I was one of the late bloomers. And I remember a couple of the boys, like, same age as me, looking yeah. like men. I'm yeah, like, hey, yeah. what the hell is going on here? Where, did I not and take a ticket? acting like men, more than, more than the point. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. Like, did I not take a ticket or something? Like, yeah. how do I get in line? But yeah. I remember that just made me want to charge harder and to prove myself more. Yeah, you hung in there and waited, and eventually you, you had to work on your skills because you didn't have the brute strength, you right, know? Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember getting... One of the oldest looking guy, the biggest, strongest guy, who's actually passed away now, and he was one of those guys that literally was champion footballer, champion surfer, like everything, like Australian level guy at, wow. you know, 15, 16. Yeah. And he, his dad had a boat, and we, I remember the first time I surfed really big waves with that group, we, his dad said, oh, I'm going to this island off the coast of West Oz, you can imagine like a you know an hour off the coast of the island and there's a wave out there you know it's called Rottnest if you look it up Rottnest <laughs> Island there's a wave there and he goes we're going over for a surf trip you want to come and you know three or four of us went okay you know we jump on and his dad's kind of a gnarly dude as well you know so his dad's fisherman diver he was like diving and fishing off there it's like huge sharks he didn't care he'd like drive up to this break and it's huge we can't even see it from the front you know we're at the back of the wave oh, wow. you know yeah, it's like yeah, going yeah. to the island off here or whatever and you're looking at the back of the wave and it looked big and we were oh. like 14 15 you know <laughs> and he's like what are you doing are you gonna go surfing you gotta jump off the boat now and i'll come back at, you know in three or four hours oh my um, god or you stay on the boat you know we're like uh so we all jump off you know and then mayhem oh. ensued you know? <laughs> we were calling it at the time you know whatever 15 20 foot but it was probably whatever it would seem big you know who knows yeah, 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 yeah. fear has its own way of but measuring waves it was real i mean one guy broke his toe uh, on the reef, another guy got washed up and literally never surfed again. Wow! Um, you know, it was it was really wow. big. Yeah. So how did he how did he get back out to the boat if he got washed up? He had to paddle back. He out, had to, he had to yeah he just had to he lost his board out to sea, and he had to swim after it. I give him his credit, he went and got his board, and then he, he swam back out after his board because when he wiped out, he lost his board. He washed up on the beach and he was scared. Yeah. And then we're like, dude. So he swam out in a big channel and then chased his board out to sea and wow. found it. it was pretty, you know, pretty heavy. Yeah. That is that was a sure. whole like incident going on, you know. 
in the middle of the ocean and we were just us kids, you know. It was wow. kind of pretty interesting. I can't believe you just yeah. dropped you off an <laughs> island yeah. off of West Island. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was kind of like the dads were like that. They were all pretty, you know, the, the dads that were in the ocean were pretty uh, tough dudes, you know. Sounds like yeah. it. <laughs> oh, man. Unreal. So, and what about the shark situation over there? Did you swim with much sharks? Yeah, you, you we, see a bunch? we used to see them, and the fishermen used to yell at us about them. You know, they'd get upset with us because they would be like, "What are you doing? We just saw a massive shark." They'd come by in the boat and yell at us, you know, because wow. there was more fishermen than surfers. You know, the surfers were few, uh-huh. and they were like, you know, yelling like I'm angry, and we we're like, "Oh well, it's, you know, it's good surf, you know, too bad." <laughs> or sometimes it wasn't good, or we they were really scared for us we would leave you know or if we saw one we would generally get out mm-hmm. you know because we're just seeing of a shark is you know instantly, especially a big one um but uh yeah we we just like i always joke um my dad recently passed and in my life he surfed from you know all the way through that era or whatever never heard him mention sharks it was never a factor mm. he would never he just would pull up on the boat we would just jump out in the middle of the ocean he would surf dive fish all day in your order, never say a word about it. Wow. He just had no. It, it was not in even a topic. No, it wasn't a topic. Wow. No, so we would grow up kind of with that mentality. Mm. And then I guess so, you have to. Yeah, and I think, honestly, I, I remember hearing about attacks, but you've got to remember that in an era when pre internet and pre sharks being actually a story. Uh. So you would go, we'd pull up at a beach town up the coast of West Oz, and someone would we'd be going to go out, and some fisherman or local would walk along the beach and go, you know, a guy just got chomped. Yeah, eaten here last week. And we're like, what? You know, wow. and he's like, you know, yeah, oh, some yeah. guy was body surfing. He just like, died. And we'd be like, oh. And the guy wasn't lying. We'd be like, okay, we'd surf and whatever. But you, you got there was a, it was even pre-reporting shark attacks. Right. Like the, nobody now. One, there's one. Someone gets a their toe nibble. Yeah. You know, in yeah, Florida. Bluefish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's like a, it's like on the internet everywhere. You know. Right. But then it was like people would die from shark attacks, and there was not even a report. Certainly where I was from. Wow, that, that's yeah. blowing my mind right now. Because <laughs> Imagine. that's, that's yeah, still yeah. real news, yeah. even if there wasn't the internet and it wasn't even reported. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to feel about that. Like, yeah. was it so common that it wasn't even a story? I think or? it was pretty known that, you know, you'd go in and you were, it was, there was going to be a, an issue with a shark, you wow. know. Yeah, I mean, not, not all the time, obviously. We, you know, but we, all, we got scared out of the water um, quite a few. I mean, I got scared out once by a... a huge shark just me and a guy surfing on an outer reef we're about five uh, i guess like a good three to four mile out to sea oh, wow. you know in just on this reef that broke and was a good wave we paddled across this lagoon and and then this huge shark three or four mile lagoon yeah yeah wow. it took us like that's uh, a hairy paddle yeah it was a paddle across this flat lagoon and then out was this wave breaking on this reef i'd be more scared of the paddle yeah, across the lagoon it was, the, the paddle was about 30 minutes so it probably wasn't three or four miles whatever that is probably a mile or two actually but, you know, you're out, you, you've got no chance to get back to the beach if you Quickly, see a shark. Yeah. yeah, there's no quick exit. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There's no sand, you know. So, you, so you see a big shark one to two miles out to sea. You're just going, you're going uh, for a 30-minute paddle across yeah, the lagoon. Yeah, so you, we were like, we're not hanging around. So we, went, we washed to the end of the wave, and then we had to paddle across the lagoon the whole time terrified the shark. Yeah, yeah, terrified. Us, yeah. I can't even imagine that. Mm-hmm. I've never had a real true scare like that you know where you see a shark and you're like oh shit yeah we gotta get out i honestly think i mean west oz now has got a really bad rep because i think more and more people in the water there and i think so there's always been those sharks there's maybe more now because when i was growing up there was still um whales were still endangered because there used to be a whaling station so i think they used to kill a lot of the whales and then now the whales are all back so i think there's more 
more food for the sharks or I don't know or maybe there's less food and they're coming in closer for, to try and find food or no, you know no. so there's definitely a change in the ecosystem and maybe there's more sharks um, and then there's also um, the fact that there's more people in the water right too. just the fact that there's yeah. more people more chances yeah Oh, that's yeah, that's... but but I think South Africa's feels sharky. I've surfed there. That felt really sharky there. Mm. Uh, and Northern California, you know, there's no no slouch for sharks. I mean, Central yeah. and Northern Cali. Been those up, are yeah. those are both notoriously sharky spots. Oh, look at this that's one. A nice wave. Look at yeah, that. that's got a wall on it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like that that's the first one. one that kind of stood yeah. up. A lot of them were a little mushy. Look at this outside one. Yeah. Oh, that's Andy. There you go. He's having a bit of fun. That's mostly what you get, isn't it? That sort of mushiness. Yeah, but every now and then you get a no, run. With yeah, no yeah. wall extending away from that, yeah. that little pocket. It's a, definitely a fickle little little break, this one. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was that was the era and uh, sharks were a thing that you dealt with. But we didn't, it wasn't a thing you even, as I said, until someone mentioned it or you saw it, it wasn't like you'd, you know, you'd, it'd be going on in your head, mm. definitely, but it wasn't like, a, it didn't stop you ever going in the water, ever, not once. Did you, uh, did you ever see a shark attack or, or were you on the uh, beach? No, um, no, I never did. I mean, um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't think I did. I mean, I feel like you'd remember that. Yeah, yeah, no, I've I seen a few drownings definitely down there. Like, wow. that, that's just heavy water drowning. Yeah, I've seen like I've seen like 14 people drown. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot, right? That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you know what's crazy? Someone drowned right here at this spot. Yeah, I was actually here on the beach when that guy so washed I, up. I was the guy that, that pulled him in. Right, right. You were there. That's right. I was up the beach with Dalton. Remember, he was yeah, um, he's taking the one that, photos. Yep. He spotted him first. Yeah, and he came yeah, down. Yeah, I was walking along in my suit, and Dalton's like, look, what's that? And then he's like, there's a guy, and then he drifted by us, and then you yeah. you guys pulled him out. I remember that. I didn't, oh, yeah, I didn't so see heavy. the group that did, but yeah. So what's crazy about that story is that he, you know, he was out around the corner up there, and everybody's just trying to theorize how, what happened. Like maybe he knocked his head on the rocks and yeah. maybe he went for a catch. See, the thing I don't get is that first of all, it was like a little earlier than this time of year, so the fish weren't out yet. Right. And and it was rough. Yeah. It was yeah. not a day for a, fishing. It was windy and rainy. Where he was and, fishing. Yeah. So I can only imagine that he threw a cast, lost his balance, hit his head. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you know, that was that. It, it was, yeah, it was hard to say um, that, yeah, you, I mean, it's weird because a lot of times I remember us, because the most dangerous sport in the world is fishing. You know, I mean, as far as I know, like more people die fishing than compared to, you is that know, so? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember reading stats years ago about it. Uh -huh. And they're like, forget it, like fishing's the most dangerous sport. Obviously really? a lot more people fish than surf sure, or sure. whatever, but overall, you know, you think of all the boating incidences and, yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah. getting washed around and, you know, stuff like that. But um, I remember us being in the water and fishermen coming down to the rocks where we were surfing in, in, in Oz and us yelling like, get away from those rocks, like that you'll get washed off. Yeah. And you're dealing with, you know, probably people who are usually older, not in shape, mm. or at least not ready to go in the water, yeah. you know what I mean, and yeah. not get washed around, and they got they got clothes on and boots, and, you know, they're holding their gear, and they just had a beer, or, you know, there's, right. they're, they're, they're not, like, surfers who are, like, suited up and, like, ready to get in. With them holding their flotation device in <laughs> yeah, their hand, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, we're not usually the drowners, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, um, fishermen, but, yeah, I mean, I... We, I once saved like five people, me and another guy, five, pulled five people out of the water. Wow. Uh, and wow. we're in a weird sort of, not a, what you'd think, like a more sort of like calm day, but just a group of kids mm. and, and, the, and one parent and they got, they got sucked out in a rip and it wasn't a heavy rescue, like it was easy right. physically, but it was 
super strategic because the kids got all scattered, you know. Oh, wow. So me and the other wow. kid had to, me and the other guy, we were only six, 16 or 17, we had to go in and pluck each kid and then the parent was Whoever in panic. Whoever looked like the most trouble Yeah, first, I and guess. pick them in order of kid who could swim and couldn't swim. And wow, that's heavy. That. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like a, st- a strategy game. So you guys a, were in and out, in and out. Yeah, we were like plucking them out and we, the parent was, you know, we, I rescued him amongst the first because he had a kid with him. So I figured two for one, you know, I didn't yeah. know where this was going to go. And I'm asking the parent where, how many kids, and it was hard to get an answer. He was so panicked, the, the, wow. the father, that he was like, oh, 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 and there's three of mine, and like, we worked out he had three of his own kids and two of um, someone else's. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd taken them all for a swim, you know, so, that's, so yeah, it was, it was six people at once, that's right, yeah. Wow. Uh, and yeah. you got them all? Got them all, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big Tim, I'm full of good stories, But as I say, man. but it wasn't, it wasn't a heavy thing, like you could... Anyone could do it, yeah, but as long it, as you do like, it in the right order. Right, you know? right, yeah, right. Yeah. But that's that's an important thing to just, to not dismiss that, you know, in that kind of a moment, it would be easy to get flustered yeah. and all like panicked about what should I do to be the rescue? How do I yeah. manage this situation? So to keep your cool and to make the right decision, well, that just speaks volume of, of what surfers do. You yeah, know? Like, yeah. Keep their cool in hairy situations and make the right decision. Generally speaking. Well done. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. So yeah, so no, but that that's definitely the water there. Um, plucked people out and washed them around and you know I mean but stuff happens here right there's drownings here sure yeah well there was you know I don't I don't want to make this about me you got so many good stories but there was uh, so two girls were on a paddleboard again around the corner same spot in between uh, the two spots over here at the cove yeah yeah yeah. the very end and and just the next cove over and you know how it's very calm water in there even on a Mm-hmm. Well, some big days it can be focused so that the two points are getting all the energy yeah, yeah. and then in between is nothing it's calm, yeah. so these two girls were out on a paddle board playing in that area Ooh, yeah. and I was, right away I yeah, saw yeah. it and I was like ooh that's, that's hairy but I thought I recognized one of them as a good surfer one, a girl right, local right. girl that surfs well so I was like oh she knows what she's doing you know like she's not a fool. Yeah. so I kind of you know didn't pay much attention to them and went on my way surfing and, and the tide was coming in strong so I had to keep taking lefts so I wouldn't get sucked around. Right, right. So I'm like fighting the tide by surfing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And they are slowly but surely drifting into the lineup yeah. from where they are. Yeah. And I'm I got my eye on them and I'm wondering why they're not moving away. Why don't they recognize that the tide's pulling them into the impact zone and a heavy one at that? It was a big day. And sure enough, I but now they're getting to a point where I'm like, okay, they don't realize what's happening. This is not the girl who I thought it was. Mm-hmm. So I start paddling out to the outside impact zone. Because there's right. two, you know that yeah, spot. Yeah, there's yeah. two. There's a good big outside A-frame that's a little bit mushier, even though it's still super powerful. And then the inside's a little sharper and top to bottom. So I start making my way out to that bigger peak. And just as I'm getting near them, a, a set's coming in and just destroys them. Absolutely kills them. The, the board gets blasted in. I have to break left to get away from the board that got away from them. Now they're out there swimming. You know, the board's bashing against the rocks in a matter of seconds, you know, away on the inside. And I'm getting out to them. So one of them's, like, kind of keeping her cool. And it was just like you said, you know, like, one person had to, I had to help one person. I'm yeah. on a shortboard. Yeah. You know, I can't do too much. Yeah. So the one that's more panicked, I'm like, climb on. You yeah, know, she yeah. gets on my back. And we start paddling. And, and I tell the other girl, oh, paddle this way. She's paddling against the tide yeah, trying to yeah. get back where she yeah, was. I'm like, no, yeah. let's go this way. We're yeah, going around yeah. the corner now through the impact zone. I mean, we're already there. And so I got this one girl on my back. I shout to Lee, who we just saw checking the waves down the beach. I got to get him on the show. We'll talk about this oh, yeah, in detail. Yeah. Uh, but he gets the other girl, and we paddle around the corner into the calmer water, you know, with the tide. Um, but it wasn't without a couple hairy duck dives, you know, a couple big ones landed mm. on our head. And with somebody on your back, it's not easy to duck dive. You'd think, oh, that's a nice wave. Mm. You'd think it'd be easier, but 
it's, it wasn't, yeah, you know, and, and she wasn't holding on, so I had to keep retrieving her right. after each So you dive. came in up the cove or you came in around here? I came around, yeah, 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 around yeah that here makes sense. Yeah, with yeah. the tide, yeah, and yeah. so that meant I had to duck dive a few waves, but every wave I duck dive, we got pushed further into yeah. the rocks. Yeah. And the last duck dive I had to make, it was like, you couldn't have planned it out better or wished for anything better, except that they didn't do this in the first place, but... Um, my last duck dive, my fins scratched the rocks. Right, right. And right. I remember thinking, wow, if I come up right now and there's another wave, we're dead. Yeah, We're yeah, done. Yeah, we're, yeah, this yeah, is over. Yeah. And I came up and there wasn't. And I had just told her before that duck dive too, I was like, listen, you have to hang on through this duck dive. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do not let go of me this time. And it's so good it worked out yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I turned around and Lee's got the other girl on his back, paddle him in, and it felt good, you know? It was a good yeah, feeling yeah, to, like, yeah. do that. But it really makes you realize how... It's not just waves that make people drown. It's it's water moving, you yeah, know, and tides yeah. and current, and that can happen on a day where there's not yeah. a lot of waves, like you said. And it's a lot of it is, um, like, the big thing that's the inside part of that is that remembering that what you told them was the counterintuitive thing, right. you know, because people look at rocks and waves and they go, oh, I don't want to go in that direction. Right. But you're like, no, the current's going there. you got to go, sort that of way go so with much it, faster. go through it yeah. and around it. And that's I, I've had that same instruction in a hurricane spot with a couple of guys that were caught at it out at, you know in a cove out there and they were like ah and I said dude just just right now there's no waves just paddle straight into the middle of the impact zone mm-hmm. they're like what yeah you know, and I'm like because if you can't catch a wave in you're gonna have to just get washed in right so you get <laughs> you're gonna have to go right into the impact zone and just get pounded by one wave right and then you'll be on the beach you know that's it like, you okay. gotta go through one yeah. another life metaphor you know <laughs> counterintuitive yeah yeah and not using energy fighting against what's inevitable right yeah yeah right that's that's yeah. that's it right there that's yeah. the life lesson there it is inevitably the ocean's going to take you where it's going to take you so don't use the energy up let it finish and then mm-hmm. go okay now now let's get where can i get to you know use your mental energy to stay calm yeah and, yeah and to tell yeah. yourself to just keep breathing and, and to you know because when you take when you take waves on the head and you're like breathing beforehand and then taking a good breath and mentally prepared it really isn't so bad no you no know, you can get through some pretty hairy situations calmly yeah but panicked you can make a, a very simple situation go bad yeah panic is I mean, you, you talk, you see those interviews with Ross Clark Jones, and he's like one of the, you know, he smokes ciggies and parties, and uh, but he, he has no panic, you know, so he doesn't use any energy panicking at all. He's a big, strong guy, obviously, and very, you know, experienced. But yeah, he has a, he always has a joke in his going in his head. You know, he says, "Oh, I'm like partying at a disco or whatever." When he gets caught inside or has a big wipeout, <laughs> so he's got the opposite of, he's got like positive energy, right, going through his. Veins. Right, right. He's even yeah. taking it a whole new step yeah. further. Then you see him, you know, he, he came second in the Eddy the last time they ran the Eddy Arcal and he was 52 or something. You know? Wow, is he 52 yeah. already? Yeah. He's, oh. no, he's 54 now. This was a couple of years oh. ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. So he's the same age as Same age as me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know Ross. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's an you know, amazing athlete, but he's like a non-athlete athlete, you know what I mean? He, right, right, He right. doesn't do really any cross-training. Outside of his sport, yeah. you would never think that he no. was so excellent at what he no. does. Like, yeah, I didn't know that about him. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's all mental. What you call the difference between an athlete and a sportsman. You know, like you get in baseball, you know, like Babe uh-huh. Ruth is a sportsman. You know, uh-huh. he's just a guy who's got a good eye, right. can hit the ball, you know. Uh-huh. And you got athletes, who, you know, guys Work hard for who, it. Yeah, who have to do everything mm-hmm. uh, to, to be at that, even at a level that's close to the sportsman, you know. And surfing's got a bit of both of that, you know. I think so, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It's a bit of sports. But I, I like to cross, I mean, I told you I do yoga. Um, you know, now every day pretty much um, and I do sw- I swim a lot like with growing up where I grew up there was a lot of swimmers um, swimming was kind of our our school was a, had Olympic gold medal of swimmers wow. at our school because they had a pool and 
they used to was a you know brings was a what do you call it a magnet school for swimmers you know mm -hmm. so I grew up with you know all in our class were all these like six foot three Amazon swimmers you know so we always thought we were terrible swimmers but then as the years go by you go okay actually we're not too bad you know? yeah 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 so I but but we were trained a lot we swam a lot at school because everybody was thinking well at least if you can swim a lot you're not going to drown right you know um, so yeah so I still swim I, I, I'm a pool go to a pool and pound out you know two or three times a week pound out like you know um, at least a mile maybe two miles oh that's Never, great yeah a couple miles and I'm more of a mile swimmer yeah I get too bored that's the problem you gotta, you gotta break it up into, um, into segments and routines and like have you can't just get in and just swim up and down uh -huh. you've gotta have like a, um, a whole like um, a program mm. you know break it up into sprints and and oh, slows yeah. And yeah that makes like a, that's like night and day if you yeah. just get in there and swim back and forward you get bored right yeah. that's what I was doing at first what I started doing to mix it up a little bit and bring a little diversity was swimming underwater yeah you know, I would yeah, just that, do like calm slow laps and just see how long I can yeah. stay under and swim and keep my cool Ooh, a little against a little the left yeah oh um, it's shallow right there yeah it's a little dangerous doing that um, standing yeah yeah that's good too yeah the underwater stuff but yeah I mean it's you know I, I sort of yeah, it, it, a couple of friends of mine got right into triathlons and that stuff, and uh, I used to train with them, and I picked up a bunch of training skills from them. But their training, like swimming training versus just go for a swim during laps, is a big difference, like in terms of mentally. Right. Because you're like, okay, um, all I got to do is now is my warm up. Then you go, okay, now I've got my, now I've got my uh, slow, you know, two hundreds. Now I've got my hundreds. Okay, yeah. now I'm doing my breath holding, you know. Right. And as you're going through your program, like, oh, I'm halfway through, I'm three quarters of the way through, and you know you've got your hour or it, your 50 minutes in the pool. Right, right. It just gives you, like, checkpoints. It gives you little checkpoints along the way. Otherwise, you sort of get it in your mind wanders and, you, you know, you, you, That's you exactly get bored. What That's what yeah. happens to me. I start thinking, and then I'm like, then my breathing starts going off. Yeah. And then I'm like, whoa, what am I well, doing? Th that's a one, one, about a third of every session I do is just technique. So you're in doing laps and you're going, okay, this is a lap that's designated to technique. <laughs> so I'm only worrying about where my hands are, where my head is, and I'm doing, and I don't care about how fast or slow I'm going. I'm just doing technique, technique. I love that. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I try to do that in surfing too, you know, uh, to, to dedicate sessions to, especially with my students, to just technique. Yeah. You know, like, let's not worry about wave count. Yeah. I don't care how well you rode that wave or whatnot. That's your journey. That's what you yeah. do. Let's focus on all the the techniques that get you on that wave, yeah. you know, and, and make sure that you're getting maximum waves and not missing any, yeah. you know, and, and I just, yeah, I really like that because it just rung a bell for me. With I, I, I really like and admire, like, I, I know quite a few surfers in Montauk, which is unique from where I grew up, who, who took up surfing, like, in their 30s or 40s or whatever, right. and you can see that they've, you know, they've come to it from some other life, and then, but then they've studied it, and then they've actually worked out like how, you know, whether it's on a longboard or a shortboard or a fish or whatever, it doesn't matter that they've worked out a good technique for them. And so it's like you can see that they've, that's been, a, as an adult, they've constructed that. Right, you right. Know, yeah, and, I know and, exactly what you and, mean. And yeah. it actually worked, like it looks good, it works. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, like that to me is, whereas I had friends who grew up with tons of surf, could surf whenever they want, and they never bothered working on their technique. And they, they were kind of crappy looking surfers, mm -hmm. even though they were could surf big waves or whatever. So eventually I found those surfers, like sort of style and technique, kind of keep you in the sport they're like that important because if you've got a good style and technique you enjoy the, the, the session the day you know yeah. what I mean and, and, and I, I well I feel like they go hand in hand style and technique yeah. you know when you have a good technique it looks good yeah. you know it's not just good because it works good and it's most efficient well maybe that's why it looks good yeah. you know because it's, it's efficient both. because yeah. and you just recognize as a human 
you know, comparing, you know, apples to apples, that one just works better than the other. Yeah. And so naturally that looks better too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how important it is. I think, I never thought about it until we were talking about it, but it's actually, it's kind of the, 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 the DNA of the sport, if you want to keep going with it, is actually style and technique. Right. Because yeah. if you, even if you're on, doesn't matter what wave you're on, if you're showing good style and good technique, you're still, you're still developing the art. Right, yeah, because yeah, that's yeah. something that will never change. You're always yeah. going to still develop You need the art. that when it's big and pumping or whatever, right. but you're still going to need that base, and you can still work on that when it's one foot and crappy. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. It's and the that's, one thing and you that's can the journey on. that never ends. You yeah. know, as good as you get, as good as the best surfers in the world are, they're still going out there and surfing, trying to do what they do better. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it's a bit like, uh, I have friends who are obsessed with golf, and they're obsessed with their swing, you know what I mean, and that, and, and it's the same for it's them. The same, yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, you know, like everything's got to be perfect. You get in a flow, and then there's all different types of shots. Mm-hmm. But it's all about style and technique, because obviously guys play golf till they're 90, you know, and so it, or, and women, it's it's just a it's just a flow thing through all the different shots, you know. Mm-hmm. So style and technique. Are, I had a and golf pro once take me through it, and I was like, wow, okay, there's a lot to this game. Yes, you know? yes, yeah, yeah. I, I I love that that comparison to golf because it's true. There's so many subtle things, and you're like, oh, your wrist, your elbow, and I'm not a golfer, so yeah, yeah. forgive me for the the listeners who know golf. I'm gonna make myself sound like a fool, but you know they have all these like criteria for good technique. And then you're like, oh, I broke my wrist. Okay, keep your wrist. And then you take your next swing, you're like, oh, but you broke your elbows. And all this, you right. know, there's so many components to a good swing. And, uh, you know, it's the same in surfing. You know, you're like, oh, you, you forgot to do this part. Oh, but you didn't do this part now. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's so many aspects. But when you do bring it all together, it's really something. Ooh, that one keeps That's going, huh? One. Yeah, yeah. That one just kept giving. But when you put it all together, it really, it's something to be proud of. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and you feel so good about it, and it feels good, and it and it executes good. Yeah. You know, and it feels powerful, even though you're not trying hard. Yeah. It's really important. I do and you, love. That. And you see, like, um, I'll see the, one of the most exciting things, apart from the older pe- people who are learning to surf older, and then they develop a good technique, and you go, wow, like, that's really admirable to me, because I'm like, that's like takes tough to learn when you're older, and then it's it's tough to get a good technique when you're older. And then you look at some kids and you get like little kids who have only been surfing for a few a year or two and they're developing a good technique. And you're like, okay, so there's a kid who's in a short period has already figured out that technique is, you know, you get these amazing kids who are 16, 17 who are like ripping. Yeah. They're not necessarily the air kids or the kids that will win contests, but they just look fantastic. Yeah, way, you yeah, know? yeah. And you that's know? what I truly value, you know. Yeah. I mean, the airs are super impressive, and all the above-the-lip stuff is... Both is great. Yeah, yeah. it's outrageous. <laughs> technique and all the airs and everything. Sure, and yeah. I mean, and there's there's even technique and style involved with that. You yeah, know? yeah, Some absolutely. of the great aerialists, they'll have a, they would have a great discussion on the style and technique of aerials. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I still just love that traditional on-the-face surfing, you know, with great style, great technique, and just trying to do the basics better and better yeah, you know? yeah just a great bottom turn with that perfectly timed extension so that you just come out off yeah. the bottom with such a such a powerful uh burst of speed yeah no it's, it's uh key. it's important all the pieces are important talk about style i just where where'd mikey go i just saw him get a wave oh was oh, he he paddled out yeah he's yeah. out he's out here on a single. i saw him just pull up there yeah i, I want to see him yeah really he should, he's one of the best guys here for sure he's yeah. he's Talk, like you know, style and technique yeah yeah pretty flawless. he's always really fun to surf with too you know mm-hmm. we had we had a i've seen him down in jersey sometimes you know oh god do you surf jersey yeah yeah oh, a hell bit. Yeah. yeah we gotta yeah. start linking up yeah yeah i go there whenever yeah, it's yeah. good yeah i love jersey um and um i've been down there before and what's really interesting about him is even though he has 
kind of what you would consider a more sort of longboard fish style. Yeah. When the waves are hollow, he's still actually really good. Yeah. Like he, yeah. You know, because jersey's a whole different deal. You got to have a short board, and it's like super critical drops. And, mm-hmm. But he, he's still, um, he still, it all still comes together, which is really cool. You know. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. he really figured out his style for sure. Yeah. Because he'll he won't even be on like a truly truly short short board, or even if he's on a short board like a five eight, it's more of like a fish. But he just knows how to get into that wave early, yeah, you know, yeah. and set his rail at the right. It, it, you know, you can draw a million different kinds of lines. Yeah. But he just knows his so yeah. well. Because Jersey kind of brings out all your uh, all your flaws if it's really pumping. Yeah. It's just that absolute bottomless drop. True. You know, and there's no, and you kind of have to claw down the face of a lot of them. Yeah. They don't really let you in too easy, you know. Uh-huh. Um, what so, kind of board do you ride when you surf Jersey? Uh, I got like a five ten. I mean, pretty much um, just a normal shortboard. You know, I have yeah. a a little bit more um, um, thickness in the middle um, just to, for paddling because it's still got that a little bit lacks a little bit of power compared to waves of that size but then once it hits the bank you need a super narrow like you know fine board so I pretty much a traditional short board you know right. uh, like a 510 yeah. well, how thick is it? Uh, I, it's probably like um, maybe a quarter of an inch thicker than normal, like two and three quarters or something. Right, right. You know, versus two and a half. Yeah, you know? two and a half is kind of my go-to. Yeah. Um, I think, I, you know, the performance guys are riding like, what, two and a quarter though? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, it's just a little more in the, I mean, honestly, some days if it's, it depends, like he, that's what's weird about here. Where I grew up, you could kind of get away with surfing almost the same board on every session, mm-hmm. um, you know, unless it was like really big. Um, but here you need a different board I think you need kind of different boards for different days here a lot. Like I've got a lot more of a quiver here right, than I had. Right. Well, I had a quiver there, but it was just like a kind of a bigger wave quiver. Well, because you always had the power. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. something we can lack. You yeah. Know, we might have waves, but not necessarily power. Yeah. So it's, but then weirdly enough, I find that because, there he is, that's goes, him. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Mikey. Um, weirdly enough, because of the, um, because of the lack of power, I think you also have to, you, you find guys with better style, you know. Uh, a lot of times because ah, yeah. you know because when you've got power you don't have to worry about style because you're just you're flying on the way yeah, anyway. you're just hanging on yeah you're just going <laughs> you know and it, we used to have to say it's the bulldog you know there's there was just big guys growing up girls growing up that would just surf like bulldogs you know yeah. they just get a stance it was functional and they'd <laughs> hang on you know um, but here you, you know if you're going to glide properly you've got to develop a good technique you know so um, yeah I find generally in the US as a percentage I find that the good surfers have slightly better styles than in Oz you'll get in Oz you'll get good surfers that'll have kind of ugly styles mm. uh, whereas here you kind of don't get away with it because to, you have to surf so much in waves with less power you know yeah you, yeah. Either, you either learn it or yeah or you, you don't. don't yeah that said I've seen guys with terrible styles who just you know paddle out at freaking G-Land or wherever and just charge you know right, what I mean and yeah. you just get barreled and they're like that's my that's me you know yeah yeah you know, well, I, I mean it, function know? and style <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't need to work on it that's why I'm getting barreled you're like fair enough yeah right yeah. Who, who might argue yeah. with that <laughs> um, you know it's funny so like after all this talk I, I, you don't really sound like a guy who has many fears you charge huge waves since you were 10 years old you swim with giant sharks but I gotta ask what, is there anything that you're afraid of or that still persists you know, in surfing, that, that gives you the, the butterflies the, I mean, a little bit? Yeah, or? I mean, look, as I said, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself back home. I was definitely not one of the, the, the hairiest guys. You know, there's guys, you know, tears, tears above me. So I, I definitely see waves when I go back home still where I'm like, shit, you know, that's, that's heavy. Here, not so much. I mean, here it doesn't really get, there's a few big days when it's like super cold here. 
in the winter, you know, where mm. it gets pretty, it gets a little hairy or you're caught inside, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I've gone out to Puerto Rico and surfed Trey's Palmas and been pretty scared out there on a big day, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, it gets pretty hairy, um, Puerto Rico That's and Mexico um, is, you know, so that, I mean, still size, um, you know, uh, and I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm now more and more averse to crowd in big waves, you know, so I, I my fear goes up a lot more in a crowd with a big wave, mm. um, whereas before I used to be more comfortable surfing bigger waves in crowds, whereas now I, I kind of have to stay away from the crowd a bit, you know, mm. so I'll surf a lesser wave to stay away from the crowd. Um, what else scares me in the water? Not um, sharks. Not, no, I mean... <laughs> Especially not here. <laughs> n- not unless I see them, you know. Um, uh, yeah. I guess I could say the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if I see them, I'm definitely scared. Um, uh, I don't know what else in the water. I mean, you know, my dad was a big sailor. We used to do ocean sailing, um, and sa- he sailed, like, literally across the whole ocean you know every ocean there was he went and sailed across it so when you're really out to sea and you're in a storm or whatever on a, on a boat in a sailboat you get gets a little scary out there you know yeah. so that part of the ocean can be kind of i hairy. think i think any <laughs> any normal person should be afraid of the ocean yeah especially you know out on a small vessel in the middle of the ocean yeah my dad's a big sailor too yeah. uh, so i've definitely had my fair share of ocean scares on a sailboat yeah yeah <laughs> things can go wrong when they go wrong out there Especially when you're like not swimming or, or paddling distance from the beach, you know, or the land, you're, you're in, you know, my dad used to say you can be 80 miles out or 180 miles out, it doesn't make any difference, right, yeah. you're in the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so maybe that, um, but yeah, still, I'll still have days every, you know, wherever I, you know, go. I mean, I generally try now to go to like Central America or if I go on a surf trip somewhere, because I'm usually busy with work, um, I try to go um, uh, and, you know, obviously married and, and you know, have responsibilities. I, I, I don't want to just go and sit anywhere now. For mm. and just, I used to just go sit for a few weeks in Indo or whatever. Right. Now I tend to just watch the swells and go in these waves. Right, you know, traditions. So, yeah, so generally now it's weird. Like I probably... That's a nice one. Oh, oh didn't man, it. I was oh, hoping so bad he was going to get into He stepped up and then yeah. he didn't quite take <laughs> he, the next step. He was yeah. a little too timid. He had a little shuffle. <laughs> he was almost there. That would have um, been the wave of his yeah, life. Yeah, that was still going. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't... I. I um, uh, so what were we talking about? Oh, uh, you were just talking about making strike missions instead of... Oh, uh, yeah. So, so now I tend to go um, on missions now when the waves are... Wherever I go, the waves are bigger. Like I used to go and kind of warm up a little bit. I'll roll up to Puerto Rico or whatever. And it's like massive, you know, I'm like, Jesus, you know. <laughs> so that confronting first day or first moment, you know, of being in, in the water when it's good size. I went to uh, El Salvador a couple of years ago. They said it was the biggest swell they'd had in like, you know, 15 years or something. When it was, yeah, it was uh, Punta Rocos was just massive. You know, wow. it, it was like six guys out. And I was on the beach going like, oh, and it took me, it, I, I got washed so far down, like, th- that it took me, like, an, you know, 30, 40 minutes to get out, you know? Wow. Yeah, just to get out the back. And then I got out there, and there was only six guys. And then it was like, okay. And then, you know, the sets came, you know? And it was like, luckily, as I sort of got out there, the peak of the swell kind of died. So it went from being whatever they were calling it. It, it was it was not quite. Coming down. Yeah, it was, so it was, and it was actually, it was still pretty big, but it was, 
it wasn't you know too bad so that was definitely scary you know mm. um, so yeah as I say I tend to scare myself now because I roll up on strikes and I kind of <laughs> I go there and I'm like damn I should have come a day or two earlier to work to warm up you know but I I'm I, too good at making a strike no, mission no, yeah, but then I I get there and then I, I kind of suck for a while as I get it figured out you know and then eventually maybe get a few yeah but it's that's I'm going to have to get better at that I'm going to have to have the strategic strike minus one or two <laughs> have like a day or two to warm build up, up with yeah. the swell ideally yeah uh, well you got to keep me keep me in, in mind when you're going on your strike missions okay yeah that would be yeah. a fun time to go just make a quick strike somewhere yeah yeah I've got a few places blotted out but I'm, I'm probably going to enter a period I'm hoping with work because I'm you know, working film and when you work on films and my, my nickname back in Oz used to be mystery man you know because they wouldn't see me They'd see me surfing every day, like you know, like this. Like, oh, hey, you know, and then I just wouldn't. They wouldn't see me for like six months. Right. You know what I mean? And they go, like, "What the hell?" You know, and I'd come back and I'd be like, "Oh, haven't surfed in months, and you know, been right, working because right. films and stuff or projects take me." You should. Away. Uh, you should mention something about your films on here. You know, so people can check out your yeah. work. Yeah. Um, the one film I did about the big one I did about surfing was called Drift. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For surfers, then that's. I think you know it's worth a look. Um, definitely, it tells the story of the beginning of. Um, the big Aussie uh, surf brands, uh, but it's a, it's a fictional you know drama, but it's a fictionalised surf brand that starts in the 60s and 70s about these two brothers that build this brand up and then the two brothers are really different and they fight and one's the creative sort of surfer guy and the other one's more the business guy mm-hmm. and they kind of clash heads and then they kind of gradually, through the clashing of their heads, they gradually build this business up and, and the story shows how they succeed and it it's, it's kind of shows how things like Quicksilver and Billabong and Right. Rip Curl all got built from these dirtbag surfers, you know, to like being, you know, and all the things they had to go through in terms of, you know, getting good in contests and surfing big waves and learning how to manufacture their gear and all that sort of stuff. So mm. that's, um, yeah, it's called Drift and it's got uh, the main actor in it that you know is Sam Worthington. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty, you know, the action scenes in it, if you're a surfer, I think uh, I, They're I great. coordinated yeah. those and um, that's, and that's and they so stand you, up, yeah, yeah. You, you did, you co- like. What do you mean by that? You coordinated. Uh, well, it was me and another guy, um, uh, Ben Knott, who's a, a, an old partner of mine in, in film and stuff. He, him, and I sort of devised it all, uh, and then um, I produced it and he directed it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and then we every sequence you see fits into the story. Like I think it's seamless. Um, you, you know, you feel like the surfers are really. You know, we mostly use the actors, but then we wove in doubles for the really hairy stuff. You sure, know, of course. and you can't tell it's seamless. You That's know, awesome. and the waves are big, and we've got a lot of different variety of sessions from everything from 40, 50 foot to like perfect three foot barrels. Wow! And, and we, we got all the variety of waves. We went and shot in my home state, and we were there for a couple of months picking off the best days, and we had a really good so, crew. And yeah, so super I think cool. from a story wise, I think it holds up, and then the actions really. Yeah, you know, it's funny, I, I, so when I was checking out your site, <clears throat> and I saw that, you know, Drift on there, I had remembered going to see the premiere. Oh, yeah. Where was it? Back in uh, the movie theater, the old movie theater? Yeah, we premiered it, I mean, we did a few premieres, but one, the one in the U.S. was in Montauk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, I remember seeing it, and I was stoked on it, and I had, I didn't know, well, I didn't really know you very well at the time. Um, well, it's probably but, those periods where I wasn't around much. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'd been gone for two years doing that. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, so when I, when I, when I connected the two, that, that movie with your work, I was like, oh, no shit. That's, yeah. It's great work. So you guys should definitely go check that out, Drift. 
Where, where can they find it? Uh, Have you they, it? it was on Netflix, but I, I don't know if they renewed. Um, it's been on Netflix for years, but I think maybe on Amazon you can get it now. Okay. Definitely look it up, and it's probably about like it's definitely available on like iTunes and stuff like that. All right. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, you got to go check it out. It's always fun to like hear someone speak and hear the background and then see the work they produce. Yeah, you know? yeah. Just like I want to show everyone the picture that you know whatever picture you'd like to give me yourself surfing yeah, I, yeah. I, when you were talking about you on your dad's board that sounded like a, a pretty good one yeah too. I, uh, send me a couple I saw that recently because I was back in Oz and um, mum had it somewhere so I oh maybe she can snap scan, it for you yeah and, scan it and send it to me or my not sister even would just, have to do that just, just, yeah no not even just have <laughs> her snap a picture yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, have her just snap a picture okay yeah you know what I mean just it doesn't have to be high yeah, quality yeah. you know just, just something to, to give a little visual and a face to the, the voice we've been hearing yeah yeah Okay. But, uh, and then before we, we wrap up, I always like to ask if, if you can recall, if you have any good story. Uh, oh, I don't think I even told you. The name of the podcast is called The Coopcast. Oh, okay. And so the whole, the whole idea is, is, is just to, to embrace the, the kookery that we oh, all yeah. go through learning how to surf. And, and no matter how good you get, you still find yourself in some moment Everyone's a kook. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the theme of the show. That's what um, I was saying up front. You were like, oh, you like your surfing. I'm like, dude, I'm a kook where I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So I don't know. Do you have anything in mind? Something that may be embarrassing or kooky or, uh, or recent or the first thing, you know, when you first started yeah, surfing? Yeah, Across yeah, yeah. the board. I, I, um, I remember going back to my hometown where I grew up. Um, I mostly sort of was spent most of my time in a place called Yelling Up, which is where Taj grew up. Right, yeah. Um, that, literally that town, Yelling Up, which Yelling is up. kind of weird. It's Actually, if you ever go to Oz and you can get yourself to yelling up it's like the best you'll go there and go okay this is one of the best places in the world really it's like insane waves and really beautiful place you know it's really beautiful but anyway I was there one day and uh, recently pretty recently and there was like a swell came up and I was I think I was with my family I was like had my parents you know showing them around and I I, you know when I go back I do family stuff I don't go on a surf trip you know because I want to see my nephews and my parents and stuff so I was with them and then the swell came up, you know, and I was like, oh, damn. And, like, my favorite little break there was just pumping, you know, and all the kind of local crew were out, plus um, plus the, gr- the new grommets who rip and everything. So it was like a perfect sort of three-foot, four-foot day, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what can I get together here? I've got no suit, no board, you know. Like, imagine my home break, never, I don't have any gear, you know. Oh the only gosh. thing I could rustle up was like a... Was it like a learner's soft top? <laughs> and then like a suit that was like too small for me. You know? And then like I had like a, but I was like, I didn't have any sun cream. So I was like, okay, so I'm going to leave my hat on, you know. <laughs> so I paddle out, no leash, on a soft top with, with my kook hat on, you know. And too small a, a suit. Too small a suit. I'm like out there, like, you know, like the suit was like bright, like, a, you know. And I'm sitting out there and everyone's like starting to recognize me. Like, dude, what happened to you? you know? <laughs> what did you quit surfing selling yeah, your gear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, looked like I was like beyond a beginner. Like even beginners wouldn't dress that badly, you know. <laughs> it was funny, yeah. But Which, I made sure I got one good one. Yeah, you got a couple good ways. That was <laughs> one. my next. No, that's it. They wouldn't let me have more than that. They're like, dude, you're you're out. You're yeah. out of the, you've lost the, what do you call it? The, um, the pecking order. I'm, yeah, yeah, uh, you're out of the line. I've been, I've been, I was done. You got bumped down I to lost, the bottom. I got bumped to the bottom, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, yeah surfing's one of those sports where even, even your boys, even your best friends will, like, let you know what's up real easily. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can be the king one day, you can be the kook the next day, <laughs> and there's not much difference between, you know. I mean, Kelly Slater probably feels like a kook when he bombs out of a heat against Italo Ferreira, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. He probably comes in feeling like an old kook, you know? Yeah, I wonder. Mm. We, I would love to get to ask him that question one day. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, so everybody's got a, a relative kook 
coup, right. coupometer. Exactly. That <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. A relative coupometer, you know, and and uh, and just embrace it. Is really that you know, <laughs> embrace it and enjoy it because it doesn't go away. Well, it wouldn't be so much fun if it wasn't so difficult, right? Yep. It's yep. got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be, gotta be a it's combination. Be of, yeah, it's got to be like really hard to get it all together because then when it is, it's so sweet. Right. Know? It's like what we were saying before with the whole. You got to get stuck on the inside. Yeah. You know, you can't. It can't all be good. It can't all be yeah. easy. Otherwise, it makes the parts when you do it right not so rewarding. Yeah. And I've played golf and I can kind of see it, but but at the same time, you, you, there's a lot of days you can play a good round of golf. You know what I mean? But the surfing, it's a little harder to right. kind of get it all together. So it's kind of the hardest sport to get together. But then it's kind of the best one, right? You know, like you say, like skiing. I snowboarded a lot and skied a lot, and uh, you know, I loved it. But I, out of the two sports, I'm like, nah, surfing's got that little extra touch of something magic because it's so difficult to do. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, not that I've I've experimented with millions of sports, but it, it definitely was the most captivating to me out of the, the few I've done. You know, it's just there's something so alluring and attractive. Mm-hmm. It forces you out into raw real nature you know like it's just there it is you know you've got to just jump in the ocean which nobody does really on a regular basis except maybe divers yeah who you know i mean fishermen don't they just throw their line yeah yeah i guess i guess the yeah the divers the spear fishermen yeah it's not it's not a big group of people that live on the earth that do that not we do it really helps too with work because i'll go to work and um i remember working on a big project once because I do a lot of advertising stuff and I was doing this big supermarket chain thing, whatever. We were in these meetings and these meetings and they were, this lady came up to me at the end of a meeting. We'd been in a lot of pre-production, you know, planning meetings, creative meetings, mm-hmm. business meetings, whatever. And she's like, she goes, you have to say something. She's, you always seem like so happy. Like, what is it with you? Like, you know, I'm like, you know, everyone's like real serious and you're like, you know, you're good at your job, but you're like super like always smiling. She, she goes, there's one other guy that I'm working with in the graphics. He's freelancing, doing all. He's running all the graphics, and he's like you. His name's. Um, do you know him? He kind of looks like you, you know. And I was like, and he got, a, and it was forget the name of the guy, but it was another guy who surfs. You yeah, know? of course. Because we looked the same. Like had like blonde hair, and, you know, big smile, you know, burnt face, you know. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, yeah. And I go, oh, we're both surfers. He goes, that's what it is. <laughs> you guys like seem like because we'd be coming to the meetings, we'd just spend the weekend getting barreled, you yeah, know. Yeah, so we're yeah, sitting in the course. meeting going. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> She's going, you guys always look so happy and stoked. You know what I'm like? Yeah, we you are. You guys look the same. You both have Glenn red Mora. noses. Glenn Mora is his name. Glenn Mora. He's a graphics guy, yeah. Red noses, sandy, yeah. sandy ears. Big shit, big shit eating grin, you know. <laughs> She's like, what's going on with you guys? You look like you're high, but you're not. You know? Yeah. 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 So that's funny. Uh, well, this was killer. Tim, I really enjoyed this. Uh, good, yeah, thanks, 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 yeah. Thanks so much for coming on and, and chatting with me. And uh, everybody out there listening, this is Tim Duffy. And uh, if you're not subscribed to the KookCast, you're kooking it. you got to get on iTunes and Spotify and all those podcast directories and subscribe, rate, and review. Hook it up, people. And uh, we'll catch you in the water. I think Tim and I are going to go for a surf. What do you say? I think we're on. I think it looks pretty good. I've been actually slightly cringing the last couple <laughs> yes, of minutes. We've been slobbering here. <laughs> let's go get a drool on the corner of our chins. All right. All right, let's go catch a couple waves.